the last Olympian, chapter 13, a titan brings me a present. We could see the white flag from half a mile away. It was as big as a soccer field carried by a 30-foot-tall giant with bright blue skin. I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return yeah. to Camp Half-Blood. Looking, I, Join us I have as we journey back through a childhood favorite series. Try. And see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids. All right, Ava, Neve, how are we doing this week? I am actually doing pretty well. Um, my friend has been staying um, at my house for the past, like, like three-ish days. And, like, she's, like, three more days here. It's very exciting, very, like, sweet and fun. Like, very, you know, summer vibes. Um, and I went to, we went to the mall today. And I actually, I'm very, like, I really, really never buy clothes because it stresses me out a lot, but I got a skirt <laughs> and I really like it. I got it from H&M. We love H&M. It was on sale for like $7. It was great. So, and I'm literally eating dinner as we're recording this and it's really good. So I'm, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> I'm back on campus because our college can't get me to go away. I will always be here no matter how hard they try to be like, go home girl, we don't want you here anymore. I will always be here. Um, I'm doing a research job here. So I'm back on campus for the next six weeks, which is exciting. Very exciting. I'm exhausted. I am also that, yeah. I, that too. I have been, I but I quit my job. As you very exciting. I quit my job and I start my new job on Monday. Yeah. It's a, a much nicer restaurant. So I'm a little stressed. I'm glad that it's a lot nicer restaurant, but I'm stressed that I will not be able to handle a nicer restaurant where mm-hmm. you like bring wine to the table with the label facing and Ooh. like pour wine and things like that. The wine, I had a beverage training last week for it, so the wine is really on my mind. Um, Understood. <laughs> food is food. Food is constant. Yeah. There are a lot of rules with wine and how to serve it. Um, but other than that, I've been good. Very busy. My brothers graduated today, so congratulations to them. Um, but so, like, graduation festivities and working and trying to see people it's been a lot and I'm tired and I have a double the next two days oh. for my first two days at this new job. Wow. <laughs> but other than that, welcome back to return to camp half blood this yeah. week. We will be discussing the last Olympian chapters 13 and 14. A Titan brings me a present and pigs fly through the theme of preparation. This week we have with us our favorite guest, Divya Bhatia. Introduce yourselves yourself for people who don't know you, people who are crazy and, and don't know who you are. Hi, hello. Always happy to be here. My name is Divya. I am in San Diego, California, soon to be in Washington, D.C., which is doesn't have a state attached to it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm graduating soon, which is really fun. And if you want to know more about me, go to previous episodes. I can't be the <laughs> only one doing work. 
kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Divya. Yeah. Are you prepared to do a 30-second so recap? here's the situation. I might have accidentally read 12 and 13 instead of 13 and 14, but we're going to go with it. It's fine. I skimmed 14 while you guys were talking. I can contribute to this conversation. <laughs> You're good. I've okay. actually, I'm going to be totally honest, I have done that before. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I read like a chapter 12 last time or something. I don't know why I thought it was 12 and 13. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I'm all ready. good. All good. I'm ready. I, I feel like the most important things happen in 13 anyways. Okay. It's so true. Mm-hmm. 14 is just pig. Not 14 is mostly big. 14 is mostly big. Not to spoil, but like that is what it is. So look at that. We've already gotten one thing for you. <laughs> 14 <laughs> is pretty much out. Like you can just literally describe 13. All right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So we have Percy going to meet Prometheus, who I forgot was a Titan, um, and tries to cut him a deal. And basically, Percy has this like vision type situation about Luke and Luke's mom and dad and why he's so traitorous. Um, And then we're back. And then um, in 14, from what I skimmed, they meet Hyperion and they have that like super epic fight. And then I saw the name Blackjack mentioned a few times. So there's that. And yeah. you are out of time. Okay. That was it. That like, was that was pretty good. Does that work? So that was a pretty yeah. good description. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Anything she forgot? I mean, I think that was the major. Um, like you like it's pretty much covered in like we learn Luke's backstory, but we also learn Meg Castallion's backstory. Oh yeah. Of like why she's so messed up, which then translates into why Luke's so messed up but other than that like that was pretty much it yeah because it was 14 was very much like a, a, a action scene so like it was not all, much it was, it was that pig. fun to read but nothing like plot wise super developed yeah Ava do you have music for us I do if not you can leave Okay, very cool. Bye. <laughs> no, I, I do. Um, it's hard because for chapter 14, I couldn't really think of a song about fighting a pit. So I kind of have like a song for 13 and then a continuation of 13. Um, I think that's fair. Into the very, very beginning of 14. Um, so I feel as though we all need to recognize the dropping of Sour um and I wanted to do so through my first song choice um I think Traitor really fits um for a lot of different people I I so I forget things very easily especially with regards to this series which I have not read in a long time and so I I was grappling earlier today with like was Prometheus serious like was he is he actually trying and then I was like wait 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 (laughs) um like that's just kind of what he wants you to yeah so I Trader kind of it's about him it's a little bit about Hermes it's a little bit about Luke you know um there's just a lot of you know Trader sort of esque situations um and then this is a strange take I think 
but I feel like my music picks are never on the hinges. Um, so sort of for the beginning of 14, I picked The Moment I Knew, a bonus track from Red by Taylor Swift. <laughs> Surprise. Um, no, <laughs> Surprise. It was, <laughs> um, but it was also kind of a callback to like, like realizing that like he actually, like Prometheus actually was a traitor and wasn't actually serious and trying to help because like there is kind of that like revelation moment in the beginning of 14. Um, and that kind of hit me. I was like, oh, mm, yeah, no, I was right not to trust him. But sort of you don't quite know. Um, so that I feel like that sets up that emotional change well. So that's kind of why I picked that. But I unfortunately could not think of a song about um, fighting a pig. So <laughs> I, I love your choices. I also have a couple of things to make fun of you for. One. <laughs> This is the first time our color pal- palette of album covers has been broken because every album cover so far has been black and white and red. And then we have, it's just funny, I was scrolling down the list, it's all like, most of them are black and white, and then it's purple. Yeah, oops. <laughs> as but it also, should be. As it should be. <laughs> I like it. I, I think it's great. Also, I love that you have chosen, you have to keep this up now. You've chosen a Taylor Swift song every week. You've ha- you've been able to choose a song, and no. this is your second week <laughs> with a song from Red. I know. Okay, I <laughs> I actually did register that because I was on a silly little walk, like I don't know, a few days ago, and I was listening to one of our like recent episodes because that's just a fun thing that I do. Like I I wish I listened to podcasts consistently, but I just can't. And so like I'll pick a random episode from like the season that we're on when I go on a fun little walk. Um, and I was like, oh my God, like, cause we said something about how some of us had like, cho- like chosen Taylor Swift songs for most of the weeks. And I was like, no, I definitely have done that every single, and so that was kind of conscious. I was like, mm, I think I want to keep it. <laughs> I love it. I think it has to be your thing now. I think it does. That also makes my selection a lot easier. So it, it does. Yeah. She has such a di- diverse portfolio. She does. It covers all the topics it does you know mm-hmm. you can't go wrong no what did we forget from these chapters the pig the pig me too <laughs> and glad we all agree i completely forgot that happened like what was where did he it's come so he casual, so inconsequential i so there's just been a lot of discussion on the internet and through things about what should stay in the Percy Jackson TV adaption and what should be eliminated. Um, I am pro keeping a lot in there. Don't make me watch this pig fight. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I agree. I also, I mean, I, listen, I love good fight choreography, but I don't know how good it can be when they are not both people (laughs) yeah yeah I'm sort of I feel like if they did that I would envision like a what's that series called the spinoff of like Harry Potter um the 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 fantastic beast beast, Mm -hmm. like that kind of CGI situation is what Mm -hmm. I would envision and that's not really Percy for me yeah I mean it presents this with an interesting new conflict you know like man versus man man versus society man versus wild statue versus pig (laughs) 
Pepsi versus pig. But it was, I think it felt like a plot device to get Percy into a different part of New York. It's like, okay, so this battle is going to happen here. And then I have another battle situation that's going to happen here. So we got to move him. Of course. Just take over all of New York. Let's just trash the whole city. Why not? Yeah. Exactly. I think they can figure out a different way to do that in the TV show. (laughs) Than the pig. It's also because I think the Hyperion fight was so good. Epic. Epic. I loved it. And then they're like, but Hyperion is not the, the worst thing. This big. Big. <laughs> I feel they hype him up to be so scary. Like, to be, like, the worst enemy that you could ever come across. And then a, two statues take him out in the matter of, like, ten pages. It's it's so long, too. <laughs> it's such a long section. It like, is. it's the chapter title. Yeah. In the title where they kill yeah. a titan, pigs fly. <laughs> I also did forget about every single Titan that was in both of these chapters. Like, yeah, I'm I'm so surprised, David. I remember (laughs) that I couldn't remember that Prometheus was the. I remember that Pandora's box was in this book. I could not remember how Mm -hmm. he obtained it. So, I I now I understand how he obtained how he obtained it, but I remember it so well because. It's like, I was going to say, it's quite an on-the-nose representation of, like, being able to give up hope. Mm. But this book is for children. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> can we so talk? I do get it. But, like, I remember reading that as a kid and being like, ah, like, <laughs> very nervous about it. Like, I remember being extremely nervous that he was going to, that he was given this opportunity with the can box. We, can we talk mm. about how confusing that Pandora's box situation is as I was listening to it. I, so the whole Pandora myth is she lets all these, these bad things out into the universe, but Mm -hmm. hope stays in the box. Which is confusing because she's holding on to hope, but also it's in the box. So it's not out in the universe. So no one else has hope. Exactly. I was literally thinking about that. I was like, I think the book said something about like letting all these demons out like into the world, but you know, she kept hope because the people still had hope. And I was like, what? The people wouldn't have hope if she had it like in the box. So I, I didn't understand it either. Which Yeah. That's exactly the conflict in my mind. Yeah. You know what I thought of when I read that section was, did you guys ever read the Pandora gets series? Like Pandora gets jealousy. Pandora gets hope. I guess not hope. You guys didn't read those? That's cool though. No. Oh I, my god. It feels I'm familiar. Obsessed with them. Let me I feel like once you guys see the cover, it might it might bring some memories back. This, it would look like that. Sorry oh, for listeners. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, send, send me a picture and I'll, I'll post okay, it okay. and we can. But look at this. A, se- a second week in a row we're pulling out a random Greek mythology uh <laughs> children's book that no one else on the podcast knows are reference. <laughs> there you go. You guys aren't the experts you claim to be. Yeah. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't recognize those. But hmm, 
I'm trying to like make sense of that in my head now of like, like maybe, okay. This makes no sense. You're free. I was like, to, like I could watch. I, wa- I was watching you. Like, you if know, this like, makes no sense, you can feel free to ridicule me about it. But maybe opening the box and letting all these demons out was giving it to the universe as like nature, like giving all of that to the universe. And her as a human kept hope, so then humans could keep hope. Does that I thought sense? it was like mm. when I read it, maybe. I thought it was like hope was choosing to stay for humanity like yeah. where, where like the other ones were like totally fine with like ravaging humanity yeah i i yeah that makes sense like but like why does it doesn't hope make go sense out, why does it does. hope no, get out nothing, of the box of and like goes sense. around to people and is like well what are all the things hope. in the box jealousy anger are they all negative things besides hope um yeah I think the so. impusa fucking oh, kelly yeah. kelly was in that box kelly. and so i hate that box <laughs> <laughs> i think like there could also i think hope also could have stayed because of the order in which they were all released like i think that maybe when pandora oh. walks like it was the potential for everything else to either dissipate i guess or like affect things and i think that hope also being released and having to fight all these things, it would be a losing battle. So I think that that's why it's choosing to stay. Because it's like, mm. okay, like I can exercise my power in a different way. Like, and I'm just going to end up dissipating because of all the other conflicting forces in this particular plane. Yeah. Yeah. Also Rick and the people who probably wrote this initial myth needed a very literal representation to tell people to not give mm. up hope. <laughs> It's pretty easy when you can literally give it up by opening a box. It's like, don't give it up, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think we're all paying. I was literally reading that and I, I remember feeling like such a bitch because I was reading it and I was like, this is like a really literal representation of telling Percy to not give up hope. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> like, obviously it is. People who read this are 12. They, they like... <laughs> It's it's not the most I've seen more little literal representations of stuff in children's in like YA series. So it's it's a slightly more nuanced representation of it than what I've seen in some other books. Okay. I did some research and I'm gonna pull some from some primary sources here. Primary sources. So Homer in in the, the Iliad. Uh, sites on the floor of Jove's palace there stands two urns the one filled with evil gifts and the other with good ones he for whom Jove the lord of thunder mixes the gifts he sends will now with the good and now with the evil fortune but he whom Jove sends none but evil gifts will be pointed at by the finger of scorn and the hand of famine will pursue him to the ends of the world and he'll go up and face the earth respected neither by gods or men so that one's saying there is no hope But then later, Theogenes of Megara states that hope is the only good God remaining among mankind. The others Mm -hmm. have left and gone to Olympus. Trust a mighty God has gone. Restraint has gone from men. And the graces, my friend, have abandoned the earth. Men's judicial... 
Lo siento. Uh, oaths are no longer to be trusted, nor does anyone revere the immortal gods. The race of pious men has perished, and men no longer recognize the rules or conducts and acts of piety. Hmm. So, and then that continues with, um, like, the Roman account of the story is the the virtues leave the jar. So, I guess there there's some origins of this myth where it's it's not necessarily evil things are leaving the jar. These these like uh, ideals and graces and gods are given to to humans and when pandora opens the box all the the like gods protecting protecting good things leave humanity and Mm. hope is the last one that stays which makes more sense yeah than the interpretation that a bunch of the evil things leave the jar but that's what we get in percy jackson yeah yeah it makes sense. He made it work, I think, for what he wanted it to do. So, yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. He, he wanted it to do something very simple. And he was like, where's hope? I know where hope is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that part made me annoy this. I remember reading that as a kid <laughs> and being like, oh, my God, this oh, kid no. is going to be an idiot and open up the box. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw some post this week that was like, Percy is not a typical hero because he is kind and fair and he doesn't have a hero complex and he doesn't only think of himself and he's selfish. And I was like, did we read the same books? <laughs> I love Percy, but... <laughs> so funny. Like, okay, go off, I guess. All right. Um, I forgot about Ethan. He plays a pretty big role in these chapters. Yeah, that's true. And I think he he's one of those characters that we find like over the books where at the time it was like, oh, you're a traitor. But now I'm like, no, they were on the right side of things. And Percy was just being righteous by like being mad at them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. I think because he, he, you know, I mean, just talk about representation being not having, because I, I feel like as a demigod, you know, you're so isolated. So going to this camp for all the people from like the major gods as parents, they have that representation. Um, but as a minor god, obviously you don't, you're sort of just lumped into the category. And I feel like that's so representative of why diversity and representation is so important today. Yeah. Uh, no, I completely agree. It's mm-hmm. they're very much on the right side, especially the the children of the minor gods, because they're fighting for diversity and inclusion. Yes. <laughs> like, the, yeah. But unfortunately, they are backed by someone problematic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I will say it. Cronus is the bad guy, definitely. They're on the right team, but their general is kind of problematic. Um, but, but so are like the gods. The other titans and stuff are, yeah, gods are 1,000% problematic. But, like, a lot of the titans, like Prometheus and why is that the, that's the only one that comes to mind right now. 
the only good one I can think of, but like, you know, I get them. I was there with Prometheus. I get, you know? Yes. I was, Prometheus had me. I was like, yeah, no, you're right. No, no, for sure. Definitely. No, I agreed with him. And that was the thing I was like, but do I trust him? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. No, but I agree. And then I also sort of that moment where Percy kind of realized how much he'd been generalizing about Ethan's like, I don't know, like any like passion, I guess, for his cause when he was like, Mm. okay, well, like your mom is the God of revenge or whatever. He was like, actually, Nemesis is the God of balance (laughs) and like had this like really like, I don't know, when you basically like recontextualize like the truth behind what who Nemesis was, um, was fascinating. And I feel like it also really painted a picture of like how Camp Half-Blood kind of just like you said um like is not at all representational for the minor gods and really does kind of cloud like the truth there yeah um so that was big yeah I agree is there anything else we forgot Mm, there were a few mentions I don't know. I think that I think this might have been in chapter twelve. The um, like Nico's backstory with his mom being killed was that chapter twelve. That was chapter twelve. Okay, yes. okay. But between that, me reading that, and then um, during this chapter with um, May Castellan, I was just like, wow, how are these gods in love with more than one person at the same time? You know, um, especially because the rules are just so weird. May was under this like. I feel like the gods are just like so okay with like lying to the people that they love they're like no we can get married we can be together and it's like no you can't you're immortal this person's mortal that's not how the world works um so I just thought that was so interesting yeah I think we talked about a couple weeks ago how it seems like the male gods hate monogamy and yeah. the female gods love monogamy, which is a weird, I think, very Western cultural dynamic where they're like, oh, the ball and chain. <laughs> dong, dong, dong. Uh, yeah. But you really, it is, it's an interesting question. It's like, is monogamy possible when you're alive forever? Facts. Yeah. Like, did you guys ever watch like the Vampire Diaries and stuff? No, I had friends who did, but I never no. did. Okay, my well, best friend was like obsessed with it though. So effectively, <laughs> because of her, I have watched. There the, you go. Just most so, of like, the series. The topic of like immortality in that show, there was like, I think actually only one character, so it's not really a representative sample, but like two of the characters were like, one of them proposed to them and then they got like married. I'm like, what? So you're just going to be together for like 5,000 years? That sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the Eternals movie that's coming, the new Marvel movie, is going to deal with this actual, like, idea. So that'll be interesting. Because I think it's fascinating to think about, like, can it be, like, soulmates true love if you live forever? Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. especially if one person is immortal and one person is mortal. Like, May is, like, I'm a live about like comparatively five years to your 100 so come on 
She like, was ready to fulfill her destiny. And he's like, but don't you love me? And it's like, um, she has her own things to deal with. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, please stop controlling me, male manipulator Hermes. Yeah. I I mean, I forgot that he was such a male manipulator. He's kind of bad. He really is. I really forgot that. And I remember a few episodes ago, I was like, I don't think Hermes is that bad. Oh my God, you're an idiot. <laughs> He's been getting worse. I th- they try to justify that scene with Luke. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you can justify that. Oh. <laughs> you can't, actually. I, I said, I don't know if you can justify it. You can't. He, Hermes left him in an abusive household and said mm-hmm. see you later yeah. yeah and like oh very nice he checks in on May once in a while but he did not check on in on Luke ever so you can do good things and still be a bad person sure. alright we'll Ooh. be right back when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bruce is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra-gentle bristles, the Bruce redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you leave the dentist a fresh, whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners will get 15% off their total purchase with the code POD15. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. All right, we're back, and we are going to discuss the theme of preparation. Where do we see preparation in these chapters? I can start. All right. So I I guess this is something I sort of forgot, and then also what I was thinking about a lot with preparation was every time, I feel like the minimum amount, first off, they're not prepared at all, okay? They don't have medical supplies. They have like, they're just like making it up as they're going along, honestly, like even their like war plans or whatever. Percy's like, what do you want to do, Talia? What do you want to do, Grover? That's what, okay, go do it. Like, it's not, it's not cohesive. But um, I feel like from a, because I'm a, a global health student, so I'm always thinking about like healing and it's like the very bare minimum of preparation is like you need sleep. And they don't get restful sleep. Like every time they close their eyes, they're like, learning stuff and transported and having all these visions and it's like that feels very traumatic like they're gonna have to they're gonna they need like a therapist on site honestly at camp because a lot is happening they're processing none of it and yeah I just they don't get a break at all you know the one thing that Chiron feels qualified to do is therapy 100% I think Chiron would be a great therapist why is he trying to do other stuff? He's not good at it. Yeah, he, he, Ava is seething right now. But no, like, not. you know, I'm right though. Like, his calling should be therapy. 
it should. He just thinks he has to do all this other stuff for the greater good. But he doesn't do them. <laughs> he's in a tough position, but I do agree. <laughs> I agree that he's in a tough position. But if you're in a tough position that you can't handle it well, give it to someone else who can handle it better. He just doesn't know who else. I think. Hold on. You're right. You're right. <laughs> that's the problem. Like, like that's the whole thing with like, you're kind of screwed if like you get put into a position where you're like, well, I can't do this. No one else can, but I'm still going to hurt the people that I'm put in the position to handle. I'm going to warn you though, that's fair. in literally a single chapter, you're going to eat your words a little bit because Chiron's moment is about to come in which he becomes extremely he helpful. Okay. Yes. Yes. I love him. But it, it does not come till half more than halfway through the final book. It's so true. So he is actually helpful. It's true. Well, it's true. I can argue why though. Because right. he, here's the thing. Throughout these books, we are seeing a system become dismantled. He is held in place. He is held in this position by the system and told mm-hmm. what he has to do and what he can and can't do. He cannot like say like specific names. He cannot, you know, tell people their mm-hmm. destinies for fear of monsters like knowing where the camp is destroying it whatever um it is only when the system starts to actually get completely crushed that he has the freedom to help people as he wants to do Mm. um because it isn't set up for him to be able to be active anyway because the system is set up to sabotage demigods anyway so it's not like he can help them unless it feels like is crap like, it crap. feels like he's like the nick fury of the demigods where he's like working within the system but against the system knows it's corrupt yeah. but like you know makes yeah. that change over time i okay i definitely agree and i like what you're saying i think chiron could be a better advocate as he's in the system he's kind he's very complacent Ooh, i don't even know though because he's know. not even the head of camp like Dionysus is the head of camp. You're right. You're right. Like, Chiron, Chiron is effectively the head of camp, but like technically Dionysus is. He's just an asshole and doesn't mm-hmm. do any work because he's like a bitter god. So like how if he was the head of camp, then like I would understand him being not a good enough at I don't know. We like I was very anti-Chiron when we started these books. But like what? I have honestly been swayed so a little more towards him as the books goes on, just because like. I don't know. I, I mean, he's, he's not my favorite still. He definitely has his flaws. But, like, I, I do think that he was, I don't know, a little bit in a, in a tougher position than we give him credit for. Yes, okay. So like I he, also have watched the, the Harry Potter series this semester, though, and learned, and, like, Dumbledore is so much worse in comparison in yeah. when it comes to like not communicating anything so i like i think yeah. i've just also seen a worse option um you know like he just literally never like dumbledore never told harry anything and like chiron does occasionally give him some information you're right you're right he's i mean dumbledore is awful <laughs> dumbledore is just yeah never the, filling anyone in on anything a terrible mentor he's definitely <laughs> sorry I, I think the hard thing about Chiron is Chiron is unfortunately a a mouthpiece for the system, you know? Mm, yeah. He is a figurehead at camp. He's 
Because Dionysus is there, but Dionysus doesn't matter. Dionysus does he, not he communicate. Yeah. I've never once thought of him as the head of camp. So. Yeah. <laughs> but so Chiron is effectively a liaison between the demigods and gods, even mm-hmm. if it's just Chiron talking to Dionysus. Yeah. And therefore, like, he's in a yeah. tough position. Like, yeah, it's especially hard. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's like I, I a remember like the head. earlier. In the earlier <laughs> books, you can like watch it like take a toll like on him mm. that he has to prepare all preparation. <laughs> Turning it back into the theme somehow, this tangent that we've got on. But he has to prepare all these heroes for like a life of like mm. doom. And he knows it. Like I remember when like in the book where when in the Lightning Thief, when um Percy's claim to be Poseidon's son, and like they now know that the great prophecy might apply to him. Like Chiron is like devastated. <laughs> like I remember he's like, I like I'm I can't believe I have to train you for this life. Like he's just like seen so many kids like go through. And I don't think he's yeah, I don't think he necessarily like wants to train these demigods to be this, but he just has to. But he's not like he's not an advocate for the system. He just like has to keep perpetuating it. Yeah. Mm. I-, I think Chiron is an unfortunate example of having too much time to prepare he has spent his life doing preparing demigods for battle and therefore it's kind of beaten him down he's been part of the system for so long that he doesn't feel like he can do anything to change it and i think Mm. he could but he does not think he could yeah yeah i also think examining where he came from and his family that's tough Um, cause his family is all full of such dominant, you know, personalities and they're all kind of the same mm. him. Um, so that's hard. And then also the fact that kind of like you guys were saying, like the fact that he is constantly being watched, not well, but constantly being watched by a God, like there is so little he can do that he will get approval from. And also it's not like Dionysus cares about a lot that happens, but like, who knows who, you know like Dionysus can talk to or like who knows if someone's monitoring him through Dionysus you know so it's yeah I think I noticed like just how much of a toll it takes on him when like my brain couldn't handle it anymore where like I think once we got into like um what's the lost hero series called that set of books heroes of olympus heroes of olympus that's when we get like the stories within the stories within the stories where i started feeling like a little bit betrayed right by all the new storylines that we were getting and it's like wow like it feels a little deceitful almost like how did he not mention anything he should have just said something yeah i think i think chiron gets worse as the books go because not worse in the sense that he means any harm, but yes. like yeah. his negative traits are emphasized and his positive ones are shown less. And because <laughs> he's less of a part of a story, is what happens is he's introduced as one of the main characters of this story, and then he's much more of a side character in the the coming series. And therefore, we have less time with him. And so we see more of his his failings. And mm. so that's the taste that is left on the palate. <laughs> Ooh. Like, you have, it's why you have dessert last. 
Sure. That was a weird. I don't know why is that that. <laughs> you have dessert left, okay? I mean, you're right. Oh, <laughs> uh, where else do we see preparation? I think they prepared really well for the battle with Hyperion. Actually, uh, they weren't prepared for it for the pig. They were not prepared for the pig to come. But mm-hmm. they took down Hyperion and they had their little battle strategy. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. we'll make them come around the sides. It didn't work, but they, they were prepared. That's the thing about preparation. You can prepare as much as you want. You never know what's actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Wise words. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. This is unrelated, but also, does anyone else tear up a little reading like the act like big action scenes and like when like a character shows up to help you get a little "Mm." because (laughs) so like that's this is how I I am when I read I hate to keep referencing the series but um the battle of Hogwarts when I read that like I'm like like emotional throughout the entire thing and I have a little tear uh I swimming with the ghost of his past moments um but I have a I have a lot of that throughout a bunch of the scenes in this book like when Linnea shows up I'm like I don't like you but like something about like it's that that Avengers Endgame thing where they're all standing there and you see them like come up one by one and you're like oh that character is here to help and that character is here to help like I was like, oh, when Talia showed up, I was like, oh yes, Talia, I love that girl. It's yeah. so something I can about that. Yeah, I can definitely like see it playing out cinematically. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's a very cinematic moment, and yeah. so I I get a little welled up. It's like it's like that scene I keep bringing up the Avengers, um, wh- like the very last battle with like Thanos when everyone comes through. Did you guys watch this? Yes. Am I yes. Speaking yeah. into a void. Okay. Um, where like everyone comes out of like the circles and stuff, and it's like. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah. So cool. Exactly. Oh. Yes. And I just like to see like everyone have their little moments, and it's like. Grover is doing this and Tali is doing this and they're all doing great and Percy is absolutely insane and a little overpowered in this scene what happened there I don't know they're like there is a hurricane around him I actually love it I love when he goes into a hurricane right I I see I love that part I think was also a missed opportunity this is my notes for Disney when we do this scene in the live action, this is a is a, 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 a I think a great opportunity to have a Percy and Talia fight together reuniting moment because Ooh. it doesn't really make sense Bird. for Percy Wait, no. to 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 make a hurricane because he does not have ah. wind or lightning powers. But he that did this. That is so sick. That is so you are sick. Correct. You're so picture, right. Picture them creating a hurricane together and fighting so Hyperion. Cool. Yeah. I love that. That was, a, I, I was like, <laughs> that was actually an incredibly good note to Disney. Like, I hope, <laughs> I hope someone hears it. Thank you. Someone, someone on their please team. Email that in. Yeah. 
<laughs> just send it to their like public fan email. Like, listen, we've got an idea for you. <laughs> and it's the automated response f- back. A note yeah, for their exactly. f- the fifth out. season of their series. Yeah. That has not started. Like, keep this on a post. <laughs> like, you got to remember this in seven years. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so sad. But who knows? Maybe, no, we won't have kids by then. So let's not put that out into the universe. I was like, actually, let's take oh. that one back in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, like, we can watch it with our families. And I'm like, mm. No, no, no. A dog, maybe? Yeah. We can watch it with our dogs. Maybe a roommate. Like, I don't know where we're all going to (laughs) be. Like, hopefully a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Of some sort. A partner, some pets, children. (laughs) Seven years. (laughs) Not me when I was younger being like, um, I want to have all three of my kids by the time I'm 28. Excuse me, that won't be happening. <laughs> that idea scares the living daylights out of me. Like I could absolutely never. I know. It was the whole thing where you're like, when you're young, you're like, okay, I have to be married by 24, mm-hmm. and have and have all my kids by 26. Like, and now what? people are getting married at like 22, 23, 24, and I'm like, you're crazy. I know. I know. Like I have friends with kids, and like yeah who are getting married and it's like ooh, really like good for you like, yeah. I could never exactly no it's it's good for you but there are a lot. no I could not I could personally not ever does anyone this is so off topic but does anyone else think that Percy was way more into Annabeth than Annabeth was into Percy I mean mm-hmm. a little bit definitely just because I'm thinking about like Percy, I don't know why, but I just feel like that was the situation. Like mm. Annabeth could pull for she sure. <laughs> for sure. Power. I don't know. It's interesting because I she has her moments though, where I really do think it's equal. Yeah. But I think I think it's equal in most moments, but then in some moments, him a little bit more than her. I'm just thinking about, okay, so I just have to come back for the next series because it keeps coming to mind where like they're walking through a new Rome and he's like, this is where I see our kids playing. And she's like, um, no thanks. Yeah. But I think that was more Greek versus Roman than her not being as into Percy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's interesting because they both have like side hustles. You know, I mean, Annabeth has her thing with, 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 with Luke, um, but Percy's a little hoe. He, Rachel, Rachel, Calypso, Calypso, Calypso. Nico, (laughs) no, 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 but but like Nico's in love with, like he, like everyone's in love with, with him. Like, even if he's not, doesn't have a relationship with, like Nico's in love with him. Raina's yeah. in love with him. Calypso and Rachel were were more two way street kind of things. Actually, Rachel was a one way street. Percy liked Rachel. Yeah. Rachel never liked Percy. Rachel was in love with Annabeth. <gasps> Wait, I need to. I need yeah. to process this. Do I believe in this? Have we lot? have we never talked about this, Ava? Not while you I was floored. here. I've talked about this with Erica at some point. <laughs> Wait, I need to take a minute to see if I believe this. Keep talking. 
<laughs> she needs to process. She needs to process if she believes. It. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, also, like, if, if Percy wasn't dating Annabeth, Annabeth, Beth and Piper would have dated too, I think. Oh, 100%. 100%. Piper is bisexual. Confirmed. Oh, Confirmed. Confirmed. Representation in this bus. <laughs> if she could not become more of my favorite character. I love her. I don't know why. I know so many people who hate her, and I'm just like, I just am her. So by saying that, you hate me. Bye. <laughs> yes. No. Oh, I'm so excited. We meet her so soon. Yeah. She's also one of the first few diverse characters we have in the book. Yes. Yeah. Rick does a great job, don't get me wrong, but you know, it's nice. Oh yeah, he it takes him a minute to get to he get there. He he hits the ground running in in Heroes of Olympus, but mm-hmm. Percy Jackson I just had to imagine slope. them in my head. Yeah. Yeah. This first series is a slow burn diversity-wise. Slow meaning it never really manifests. <laughs> because all the diverse characters are villains. <laughs> or die. Yeah. Or yeah. both. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> True. I have to say, justice for Ethan Nakamura. Oh, I love literally. Him. He has a very We're nice... Like, yes. <laughs> it's a very, like... like he's actively a villain we're like go <laughs> you're his, so wonderful his plot line is so interesting oh it really is yeah i want a spinoff i'm saying it i'd read that watch that just like a standalone ethan nakamura book who would we cast the guy as ethan the guy who mm-hmm. plays what is his name hold on important I know. I'm I don't so know why curious. Dylan O'Brien came to mind, but it was the first name that popped into my head. Is he even a brown-haired person? Yes, know. but he's. He, I, I don't think he's Asian though. I would cast Alex Lynn. Is isn't Ethan Nakamura Asian? Is he? Yes, I think that would make sense. Didn't definitely wasn't envisioning that in my head. Okay, what was your character, Ava? Or I would cast, cast Alex Landy. Who played um, Nico on Grey's Anatomy? Oh, that oh. would be perfect. Right? I immediately I saw that it in my head. Asian. I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally see that. Yeah. That's just my that's my take. I'm still processing. He has that sort of broody vibe, too. I like yeah, that one. Yeah, he does. He really it's like, does. the thing with, like, whenever I'm asked about casting for, for the... Percy Disney Plus stuff. I'm like, I don't know actors the age that these actors should be. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. but I'm like, I guess Ethan is older, so like, could be someone old, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's like a teenager, right? Like 18, yeah. 17, 18 type yeah. five. So. Yeah. I was, I was mm-hmm. sitting and thinking. I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day. That like, even if they cast a 12 year old, they'll they'll be at least 18 by the time the show comes out they'll be probably <laughs> not, or, or by like the time this the the it ends i mean six not, years of production six later six years of production but like by the by the time they're filming the final season the percy and annabeth will be like 18 19 even if they're cast yeah. as 12 13 year olds in the beginning yeah which is wild because hollywood loves to like age down people yeah 
I they I have mixed feelings about it. Me too. Because I'm like, child actors should children act? I don't know. Mm. Have so, you seen a child actor who has not had major problems? No, the answer is yeah. no. The Sprouse twins fared pretty well. They went to college, yeah. and I think that was important. So did Miranda Cosgrove. So true. Richard went to Harvard, I think. I maybe I made that mm-hmm. up. <laughs> MIT, MIT. Okay, MIT. Yeah, yeah. This is. But really... I mean, Cole Sprouse is on Riverdale, so I wouldn't call that. So okay, Dylan <laughs> is doing great. <laughs> there you go. This is off topic, but since you brought up Miranda Cosgrove, have we seen the iCarly yeah. trailer? I haven't oh, yet. Yeah. You haven't yeah. yet. Okay, if you have not watched it, pause this podcast right now. <laughs> Go watch the new iCarly trailer. I'm very excited. It's sad that Sam is in there. Yeah, but I also know. Her, you know? But also, yeah. also good for her. She is not bending for that paycheck. No. Good. I'm just very excited to see Spencer because um, Sam used to be my favorite. And then I like rewatched some of it when it came on to Netflix. And I was like, Spencer is so funny. <laughs> I actually love this man. And like, Jay Trainer is just such a good actor. So. I feel like um, he hasn't aged too much. Like at all. True. It was weird because the rest of them have so much and then he looks the same. Yeah. It was wild watching that trailer. Especially Nathan Kress. It's, it's weird because he hasn't gotten any taller. Yeah. Oh, he looks... He, he's a full adult man. Yeah. And he's like a good-looking full adult man. Short. No offense, but I'm just like, I don't get the point of it. I loved iCarly when I was little, but it's really not like one of those... Where, I don't know. It's just with, with kids, like kid shows. Like I'm like, what is a reboot really going to tell us? Like, yeah. I love Wizards of Waverly Place. Would I want them to continue making episodes? No. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be, like, not for kids, though, right? No, no, no. It's supposed to be for it's, our age, it, but I'm just like... Mm. And I I think we'll see how it goes, if this was worth it or not, you know? Yeah. Because I think I'm excited for an iCarly where they could swear, you know? Like, right? Definitely. That's like with um, what's the Hillary Lizzie McGuire? They were supposed to do Lizzie McGuire, yeah. and then Hillary Duff wanted it she, to be more more adult, and they're like, mm. Mm. And so she trashed it. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, good for her. Yeah, I respect actors who are unwilling to like just do the thing that makes them the most money or gets the most attention if they can't do it in the way they want. Me too, and I also respect actors who leave shows after not being offered like the same amount of money as they had been previously it's yeah self-respect i think is very important yeah that's kind of where i was going with that (laughs) i just like i had thought of a specific incident and i was like respect yeah what was your specific incident um is it gray's anatomy no it's house um sorry to any house fans who haven't finished the series oops but uh it's been out for a while Um, spoilers for house a show that ended like Over ending yeah it ended <laughs> it's been out I think for we're a while <laughs> um no lisa edelstein there are eight seasons lisa edelstein who plays one of the main characters my favorite character is very sad um left after season seven because she was not being offered the same amount of money for season eight and she was like well like i i don't know i read some interview about this or something or some article 
and apparently she was being given like a little arc on the good wife and she was like I'm gonna go to that <laughs> like I have a lot of respect um, for that like even though it made season eight painful for me like I have so much respect for why she did what she did you know I mean that's I wish why, I had that that's confidence. why fr- friends had to end right like they really? say I mean they say it's because it was time but uh-huh. they physically you could not pay those actors any more money than they were making per episode mm. that show could not have been possibly raking in enough money to keep hiking up their paychecks because tv money is good syndication money is good but yeah. like ad, there's only so much ad space during a tw- 20 minute episode of friends you cannot afford to pay those six people two million dollars an episode true that's honestly probably why dramas sometimes go longer you know Mm. oh yeah because they can make more money but they're also cost more to produce depending i think but i agree ellen pompeo makes bang it's crazy so much but like respect again she's so good at what she does and she's such a cool person anyway what's the theme anyway (laughs) preparation preparation this is preparing us for negotiations in the future exactly look at that Tying it all Boom. back. Are we ready for sass moments? I really am. <laughs> no, I'm like, I really am. Let me find one. <laughs> I should not have closed my book after reading because now I have to find the chapters again. Oh, I have mine. Um, mine is, I think it's in 14. I'm just like right on the PDF. Um, I don't know. I admitted he didn't tell Cronus anything, but if he figures it out, we can't let him. I'll bonk him on the head harder next time, I suggested. <laughs> I just love using the word bonk in a professional bonk. I was like, Ava liked bonk. <laughs> um, mine was during the Hyperion fight. Uh, <laughs> enough games, Hyperion told me. We fight on land. I was about to make some clever comment like, no. <laughs> when the Titan yelled, <laughs> I laughed. I was like, I was about to make some clever comment like, no. <laughs> I was like, period, King. You knew that you wouldn't have a clever comment. <laughs> Mine, surprise, surprise, Tyson moment. Aww. He yelled something to his fellow blacksmiths, probably for Poseidon, but with his mouth full of peanut butter, it sounded like Popotalibum. Yeah. His, knew it his was brethren all grabbed hammers and chisels and yelled peanut butter <laughs> and charged behind Tyson yes. into battle. Yes. I, I love, love them. <laughs> so good. So Tyson. Um, mine was just the. Um, interaction with Ethan and he's like hey Ethan you're looking good Ethan glared at me perfect classic person <laughs> love it like a little sexual tension mm. <laughs> oh, oh my that God. was the point <laughs> <laughs> all right who are her offerings for Ethan <laughs> Yeah. I would respect it. Like I would do it. I respect it. Yeah. He's wonderful. He's an he's a villain, but like he's misunderstood. But what is he's a villain really? Yeah. What is a villain if not someone that isn't perceived as the hero by the point of view of the media? Ooh. And also like when it's the first person thing, I trust no like villain narrative. Mm. you know like you can really point it like paint anyone as 
quote unquote bad but like come on there's also the whole idea of like protagonist is the person who changes the most antagonist is the person who doesn't change or like Ava loves that one I love it I learned it freshman year of college and I latched onto it like a leech like <laughs> actually ridiculous but yeah I don't know it's just all kind of ambiguous if you think about it enough yeah my offering is for May Castellian oh thought yeah. she was yeah. doing the right thing that's true yeah she thought that she was serving her destiny and no one stopped her like no I understand that the whole thing was like she can't like you can't stop her she really needs to do this but someone could have physically held her back and no one even tried I was so mad no one and she also like this is okay you know what this is the part where I was mad at Kyron for that because he knew it wasn't going to play out well she literally just had a baby like, why are you subjecting her to a life of illness? Yeah. No, literally no one tried. Also, no why do you tried. need an oracle? They talk around in circles. They dev- never make any sense. Like, just live your life and chill. Exactly. I'm going to jump on the Ethan. Because mm-hmm. I, I really like Ethan. And I, his story is great. Um, and we just find out so much about him this chapter that contextualizes why he does what he does. Um, yeah. He does try to kill Percy. He almost kills Annabeth. Oh, well. Eh, whatever. <laughs> oh, Ava? That's the hard part is like when everyone gives an offering to someone, I'm always like, oh, I have to do something else because that's like, that's four offerings. That's a lot. I'm going to split mine in half. Um, I'm going to give it half <laughs> to Ethan because I do love him. Um, and I, I think I've garnered sort of a new appreciation for him um, as of late. And he's just, he's great. Um, but I also, I'm going to give my other half to Pandora because here's oh. the thing, I would have opened the box too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't lie. Like, given my nature, my demeanor, I would have cracked it. And then some demons would have jumped out. And then I would have lost control. And then I would have been like, I didn't mean to. Like, it's, it's manipulation from the gods. Like she meant no harm and she has gotten so much blame throughout history for curiosity. Like they cover that in the chapter, but they're like, she was blamed for a natural human instinct. She kind mm-hmm. of did nothing wrong. It was just like the puppet master, you know? So, and it was Zeus, of course. So, yeah. Of course. Surprise, su- fucking prize. <laughs> All right, before we jump into Vote Off the Island, I want to read a couple DMs from uh, listeners. Uh, uh-huh. I decided to do it in between here because we don't really have a segment for this. So it's, it happens at random times every, <laughs> every week. Uh, this first one is from Denai. Okay, I just listened to your recent episode and your conversation about corruption and the Proverbs made me think of all the John Walker conversations in the fandom during the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because Erskine said that the serum amplifies everything inside so good becomes great and bad becomes worse. So you could apply a similar idea to the Curse of Achilles. Also, on a lighter note, I found it funny because y'all were dissing the creative writing you did in elementary school, but uh, half my English class is creative writing. Let it be known that I love creative writing. 
Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. I I I really liked that that thought. I like it too. I haven't seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is really sad. Stop. It's so good. I really Lucky want- Barnes. <laughs> That's it. I liked like hearing the the <laughs> elbow on the ta- table like that. That was all you needed to say. Yeah. Honestly, both of them just. Oh yes, definitely. But yeah, the the idea that the curse of Achilles, <laughs> the curse of Achilles might amplify both like the the good and mm. bad aspects of Percy. Like he becomes a better fire, but he becomes more rash and more. Mm. Interesting things to think about. Yeah. Our our other message this week is from Gia. Hey, love the podcast. You bring a lot of laughter to my week. Just wanted to reassure Brayden that this the reference wasn't too deep. As he was describing it, I found myself remembering too. Funny story, actually. The author came to my elementary school to promote some of her picture books, and I got a pencil that had her name on it. It was a big deal because we were in a small town in the middle of nowhere. Looking forward to next week's episode, Love from Columbia. That's so cool. I love that. I I had to pull that one out to be like, I am not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right. Thank you for writing in. Yes, definitely. We love to hear your thoughts. Love it. They're so interesting. Our listeners are so smart. You're such smart (laughs) people. Um, and Truly. especially listening if you agree with me <laughs> <laughs> all of us we love being right <laughs> we love being right i also had a couple people uh dm me what body parts they they would choose for their curse of achilles spot um mm. my favorite was was uh earlobe specifically the left because i liked spe- the specific specification of the left one yeah. um and so wait do you get to you don't get to choose right you just think you about it you, like, you think you, about it right you think about it and that's what yeah mm. that's such a good question I feel like maybe we need to start asking that to all our guests I yeah. like that question yeah at we least two questions for here's a little for for the at least for the rest of this book we will ask that to, to our next couple guests yeah mm. so all right who are we voting off the island this week? Science Hermes. Bye. Okay. Oh, that's valid. Wait, actually, I take it back. Mine is Rick. Um for the I don't <laughs> the pig was the pig. Why? Oh my god. That's funny. Just the pig. Yes. I I I don't know. I didn't. I, it was wait. I it was just so long when we had so much we were waiting for. We're about to get a dragon, and that scene yeah. is amazing. <laughs> but like we have to wait because we have to read about the pig. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, his publisher probably had certain minimum page limit. And he wasn't re- meeting it, so they were like, "I don't know, throw in a pig somewhere." Maybe. This is the um, second pig in the series, too. Yeah. Why am I forgetting the first one? They talk about it in the chapters. Oh. I don't know who to vote off. The, everyone was I, like, 
equally good. I would, I would vote off Prometheus. I mm-hmm. just, he's so pretentious acting yeah. like he's like all that. And I just don't like people who are on the, even though we've sort of established that like, we like some of the people who are on the wrong side. There is like a right and a wrong side here. Yeah. And like, he mm. is like acting like he had no other choice. And like, you know, it. Ju- I just don't, I can't handle his vibe. Yeah. The vibes. Yeah. The vibes are off. I feel like he stole fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, were you proud of that one? No, actually. <laughs> Okay, good. You should not be because <laughs> no. uh, he like put he plays himself off as being like someone who is better than the gods because he cares about humanity, and then he sides with the literal demon, yeah, who will kill humanity. It just it makes no sense. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm gonna vote off Kelly. She wasn't in this chapter. <laughs> 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 I agree with you. She <laughs> wasn't in this chapter, but her siblings were, and I didn't like the reminder. That she exists. Yeah. I she feel exists. like Kelly, Kelly probably has a really like heartwarming backstory, you know, or heart wrenching backstory. Right? I, I don't know. <laughs> Is it that she she wrote a couple of bad songs? <laughs> I don't even remember. We spent an episode talking about what song Story Kelly sings, and I could still not tell you. Should have been us. Oh. <laughs> that. Sort of. That's kind of the main one that I think of. Okay. I, she's not X's and O's, right? No, that's um, L King. Okay. <laughs> and that's different than the girl who sings Neon Lights. No, not Neon Lights. Light. Oh, golden? Lights. Golden. Just lights. Yeah, <laughs> golden. The holy yeah. trinity. The holy, trin- the holy trinity of one hit wonders. Tori Kelly. King and Ellie That's funny. They do have a similar vibe. El King has actually a really great cover of My Neck, My Back. You're kidding. Acoustic. What? Oh my You're God. lying. Oh, I no. saw this woman in concert kind of by accident. That's funny though. She didn't d- sing that. Kind of. <laughs> well, she opened for Heart and Joan Jett. So. Oh. Oh, that is a cool duo. It was really. It was L King, then Joan Jett, then Heart. I had a great time. <laughs> I'm gonna hop on the for my voting off. I'm gonna hop on the Prometheus boat because he was. Yes. He's annoying, and he comes in with too much confidence. Too much. Mm-hmm. Way too much. So cocky. Yeah. Sorry. I was I don't know if you heard that. I started singing to myself because I forgot I was <laughs> on a podcast. Um <laughs> sorry about that. I'll cut it out. Alrighty, folks, that is all for this week. Join us next week. We'll be joined by the Fatal Flaw Podcast to discuss. Chapters 15 and 16, Chiron throws a party and we get help from a thief through the theme of compassion. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media. We're at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. 
and we also have a Redbubble store and a coffee profile. Um, K-O-F-I slash, what was it? <laughs> uh, K-O-F-I dot com slash return to camp. Okay, I didn't know if it was Return to Camp, Half-Blood, or Return to Camp. Well, that, (laughs) and the website, www.returntocamp.com. Yes. Divya, would you like to plug anything before we go? I have nothing to plug except it's summertime, so enjoy summer. (laughs) Period. I agree with you. (laughs) Bye. 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 Wave to no one. Bye.